Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today we have Derek Myron and Kyle Malmstrom. Today this is their inaugural podcast. We're going to get to know these two gentlemen, a little bit about them, a little bit about their history, and a little bit about them personally. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. The first one to speak, was that Derek? That was Kyle. That's Kyle. All right, Kyle, I'm going to get to know your voice as, as the audience does as well. And I'm, I'm excited to be starting this process with you. Why did you choose to do a podcast? I'm, I'm just asking a question out of the gate that we weren't even talking about earlier, but why did you guys decide to do a podcast? Well, we, what, we want to be thought leaders in the industry and get our message out to the public and have people learn about the different strategies and techniques that we often use with our clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and getting your voice out there is the key point of any podcast. I know that your clients get to hear you quite a bit as you meet and as you discuss questions or you answer their questions as they come in, but we want the public to know what you guys do and how you do it. So let's get into this inaugural podcast audience. We've got about 20 questions or so. Some of them are going to be about business, and then we're going to get into some personal questions a little bit later, but we're going to start off pretty easy right now. Guys, how did you decide to get into this industry? And let's start with Derek on this one. Derek, How'd you get decide to get into the industry? Tell us a little bit about your history. Yeah, I uh, grew up in Seattle, outside of Seattle, and I went to the University of Washington for college, and I studied finance, but got a degree in business administration. And after four or five years of working in construction management, I decided to get into the finance industry in 1998 because I always had a love for numbers. All right, Kyle, how about you? I always had an interest for the financial markets in high school. I uh, went to the University of Missouri in Columbia, immediately went to the Kansas City Board of Trade, got involved in the commodities futures business where everyone's yelling at one another, had a strong interest in that passion. Ended up working uh, with a guy named Brent, and we made markets on the NASDAQ for a number of years during the late 90s. And then the robots took over and pretty much ended proprietary trading for individuals per se. And mm-hmm. at that point, I made a lateral move into this business, and I ended up meeting Derek 15 years ago. And what attracted me with the way Derek had his approach set up was it was really comprehensive from an estate tax planning, real estate planning, everything combined into one. I'm a very diligent person. I don't wing anything. And for me to be successful, I felt like I really needed all of those arrows in the quiver. Mm-hmm. And so I joined forces with Derek many years ago, and now the rest is history. So how did you guys meet then? When I decided to make the lateral move, I found a job posting. Uh, and I was working with another group. And I decided that group was not the right team for me and ended up walking in their office and introducing myself. Nice. And the rest is history. All right. So who do you guys work with and what's your specialty? We cater to the ultra high net worth crowd. Two areas of focus that we think sets us apart is we specialize in in tax planning, whether that be income, capital gains, or gift in the state, strategies that other successful high net worth employ. We we show our clients what others do in similar situations. We think that that really sets us, sets us apart. We also incorporate many alternatives into our investment strategies. Often other competitors in our space shy away from 
complex alternatives, real estate alternatives that are difficult to perform, com- do compliance or do billing and reporting on. We believe that that's a lot of value add to and can generate real alpha in portfolios. So those are the two areas that we think differentiators of what sets us apart in our space. All right. You touched on a little bit about what you do for your clients. Do you either one of you want to expand on that? Sure. You know, we really create a lot of financial organization and, and peace of mind for our clients. Mm-hmm. And it's through the team that we have here and, and everyone's hard work here. We spend a lot of time getting to know all the facts, all the assumptions, all the goals. And then we really drive solutions to fit exactly what someone's trying to do. We're fairly agnostic to whatever they want to do. We just want to know what they want to do. And then we want to provide sophisticated, elegant solutions to, to meet that, to meet that goal. Fantastic. All right. So that brings me to my next question, which is who is your ideal client? What are you looking for in a client to work with? So we share with prospects, those who have income over a million dollars here in California they likely are paying over $400,000 in income tax. Wow. And depending on what that individual tells us, we are going to be able to save them somewhere between 20 to 80% of that tax bill. Mm. Oftentimes when we state, make those statements, we some prospects will look at us like, you're not going to ask me to do things that are going to cause me to go to the jail or have <laughs> yeah. the IRS come knocking. Yeah. So those are good candidates for us because it, we're often going to expose them to things that others have not shown them. The, the next area is somebody who is, um, has a money in motion event. They have a death in the family or mm-hmm. a divorce or sale of a business or a large piece of real estate. And so money's in motion and there's likely a large tax bill and we are good. We have many strategies to help them mitigate or eliminate a large portion of that bill. And then the third vertical is if they have an estate north of $25 million and they are in need of transfer planning, we're good there as well. If a prospect is in each of those three camps, they make over a million dollars, they have a money in motion event and an estate over 25 million, that is our ideal candidate because oftentimes, like Kyle mentioned, after we have gotten the facts, the assumptions, and the goals identified, there's typically lots of low-hanging fruit in ways that we will likely be able to impact that client's bottom line, probably impact their bottom line next year. And when you get a new client and you're able to save them a half million, a million, five million dollars within the first year of the relationship, they become raving fans very quickly. Mm -hmm. If if Kyle comes in and, and invests a million dollars with us and you ask him six months later, Eric, Kyle, how's it going with your relationship with Centura? Oftentimes we find that Kyle will shrug his shoulders and say, I don't know, I'm taking a wait and see approach. However, if we've made a material impact in his financial life within you know six months or a year, we find that those folks become raving fans far earlier in the process. So we tend to focus on those kinds of folks that have things going on. We find those are the, those prospects are work best for the process that, that we have here. 
well, if I find myself in California making a million dollars a year, <laughs> I know where I'm going. Because <laughs> if you're talking about that much in tax savings, and I mean, I guess the other thing that I'm really hearing from you is that you you guys are helping multi generational planning. Is that right? That's accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of generational planning here, and that could be from transcending assets down two, three, four, five generations in combination with a lot of charitable planning. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wrap it all together. That's one of the favorite things we do around here. For example, we have many families that are going to be impacted by the either the, the current tax legislation that was passed. It's called Tax Cuts and Jobs Act under mm-hmm. Donald Trump. It's going to sunset in January 1st, 2026. Or, however, if one of the seven Democratic nominees for president, if they should get elected next year and be able to control both House and the Senate, likely a lot of those their current tax proposals will drastically affect the families we serve. I, I was telling Kyle that as we approach these families this year and telling them in getting prepared before the election, we're gonna, we need to get all of those families in a position so that should one of those Democratic uh, presidential contenders be elected that we can implement the plans necessary before January 1st of next year. We know it's going to be an extremely busy year. I've shared with my wife, cancel Thanksgiving, cancel Christmas, because <laughs> I will not be home. Yeah, I'm sure she was thrilled to hear that as well. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, I mean, being able to pivot, obviously, is one of the most important aspects of your job. Because things do change, I I hear this quite often that the, the the tax laws are written in pencil. You know they're gonna they're gonna erase it and do something different. All sorts of rules and regulations that they they can change. You know just depending on who's in office. So that's fantastic. Kind of leads me to my next question: How do you acquire your new clients? I mean, it, this is it sounds like a pretty deep process that you work with your folks on. Um, how do you get new clients? Typically, our clients come to us through centers of influence or referral. Mm-hmm. You know we put ourselves out there as thought leaders through various out, through various media outlets, whether it be workshops and or podcasts and or white papers and or blogs. But the people that we surround ourselves with and we spend our time with know where we what space we play in and the and the value we bring to our clients. So they bring us they make introductions to us. Gotcha. I think that's the best way to get clients because it says a lot about what you've already done. Kind of the proof is in the pudding kind of, kind of work ethic. What kind of client education do you do? Again, it goes back to, from an outreach standpoint, we're starting this podcast, but we do the white papers and we do the blogs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time doing research and diligence on all the strategies. And we have dozens and dozens, dozens and dozens of strategies that we work on. A lot of the client education ultimately ends up in a face-to-face meeting, a one-on-one, mm-hmm. where we really spend the time with the client, again, going back to their goals and what they're trying to do, and say, hey, look, these are the pros and cons of this strategy. Here's how it's going to work. And then we quantify you know, the potential savings or the impact that's going to have on their estate. So our best client education is real-life experience with the people that we meet with and that we serve. But just I'm t- I would add to that that our client outreach outside of the blogs and doing this uh, initial podcast series is really educating their centers of influence, their advisors mm. on the tools, and they're educating us as well. 
so that we're focused on the right strategies for uh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. What are the two or three things we should be looking at this year that are most important rather than broadcasting, hey, we have these four or five strategies come to a workshop. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson may not know that that really is applicable to them. So as you get higher and higher net worth individuals, they have less and less time and you're more advertising to their professionals about what are the things we should explore together. Gotcha. And as amazing as you two are, I know that it takes a lot more than just the two of you to accomplish all this. I mean, we're talking about all the tax planning and multi-generational planning and um, working with all these different clients in, in each of their individual scenarios. So who's on your team and what do they do? If you can tell me that. So, as Kyle mentioned, so we have a team here of 18 folks. Wow. And yeah, and so coordinating a, a high net worth family's assets and their assumptions and their goals, we have a particular process of how that gets recorded here and how a byproduct of working with us is a client becomes very financially organized by the way that we take all of these, whether it be insurance documents, financial statements, investment statements, all of these documents get a particular nomenclature and saved in our portal. And we have different team members that do different things. Some people are on the, on the document collection side. Other people are on the goal setting side with the mm-hmm. client. There's people on the planning side that are looking at the planning strategies and, and running planning scenarios and outcomes getting information from as we get down to baseline with their client CPA. We, when you do tax planning, we got to get down to a baseline scenario to measure anything we would recommend. What would that look like to baseline? So we have people that work directly with the client CPA to get down to those numbers to people on the back end who help do the asset management and do all the account servicing. So it takes a team to yeah. serve ultra high net worth families. Yeah. And it's hey, a Eric, big team. I would add to that, that part of our team are the professionals that they already have in their life. Mm. So they already have a CPA. They already have an estate planning attorney. They already have various professionals in their life. And what we do is when on the onset of the relationship is we reach out to those professionals and we interview them and we really spend the time to get to know that individual and make sure they're the right person for the job and for to try to, to accomplish the types of strategies that we want to do. Oftentimes they are the right person. So our team isn't just people that work here. It's really the professionals that are in their lives and we coordinate with them. Great. All right, guys, what does Centura do in the community? Well, Eric, we're very excited that last year we uh, started the Centura foundation and we expect uh, this month or next month, we're going to, the founders are going to initially fund that foundation with $250,000. Wow. And we're, we're very excited about that. Fantastic. What's the goal? The goal is to support our local community on causes that are near and dear to the principles at Centura's heart, but mm-hmm. also our clients. We often find in supporting the charitable causes that our clients find near and dear to their heart is very rewarding for them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very excited that we participate in the things that they care about. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to challenge you now. I would love for you guys to do a podcast on 
philanthropic giving and how that impacts your clients, how you help them to do that and achieve that. Because I, I believe it's such a soul need, right? I mean, we've got our physical needs, but charitable planning or being able to give to a charity is such a soul fulfilling need. And I think everybody needs that in their life one way or another, whether it's volunteering or being able to put resources towards the charity. So I, I, I would love to, to hear a podcast with you guys do that. Would, would that be possible? A- absolutely. And we do a lot of it. Nice. Um, this is a big part of our practice. And why don't we just note, perhaps we would do it with Eisenhower Medical Center. That could be a potential guest. All right. Well, we'll, we'll look forward to that. All right. Getting to the, the basis of you two, back, back to you two, what designations or advanced education do you guys have? So I am a, as I mentioned, I got my undergraduate degree in business administration with a concentration in finance from the University of Washington. Go dogs. And in, <laughs> yeah, I have to put my plug in when I'm, when I'm there, able. There you go. And I got, I achieved a certified financial planning designation in, back in 2000, which is the core designation in the financial planning community. Mm-hmm. Kyle? <laughs> I went to the University of Missouri in Columbia. I guess I got to say go Tigers. I'm not going to make <laughs> the raw sound. Bachelor, <laughs> got a bachelor, bachelor of Science and Business Administration in Finance. All right, great. And this is the last question for this section, uh, for the business side of things. What would you say is your business philosophy? For me personally, uh, I take a little bit of the do unto others mantra, right? And mm-hmm. if you do great work for your clients and for the community, and for others, and you share the knowledge, and you make a real impact in other people's lives, the business will, will find you. So I just want to take care of people and take care. And we have, we have clients first, employees second, and then finally ourselves. So we, we stand by that, and we work towards that every day. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it's doing the right thing, even when no one's looking. Um, mm-hmm. I think... That's the principle to live by, and if you continue to do that, you will be successful. You can't help but be successful. Yeah, I agree. All right, now we're going to get to the personal section. You guys ready? We're ready. I'm not going to take it easy on you. Here we go. <laughs> they're 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 easy questions. You got this. Uh, when you aren't working, what do you guys do for fun? I spend a lot of time with my family. I have a 13 year old daughter and a 15 year old son, and a wife. And we love to travel. We uh, snowboard and ski together. Uh, My son and daughter and I like to surf. We spend a lot of time doing things together, knowing that those years are are coming to a close Mm -hmm. as they're going to go off in a very short number of years. Well, I have a family of of six of us. So there's my wife and four beautiful kids. Wow. So I don't know if I need to say any more than that. I spend a lot of time with them. (laughs) 13, 11, 9, and 3. So wow. I'm buckled in. We spend a lot of time at the soccer fields, spend a lot of time at different sporting events. We got, I mean, all the kids' activities, you name it. We we have it going on at my house. Personally, if I could find the time, my passion, I like to fish. So I spend nice. a lot of time fishing when I get the chance. All right. Fantastic. All right, guys, who is your hero? My hero is my dad. Unfortunately, my dad passed at a young age. I was, he passed in 1999, mm. and he was very young, 66. And he had five children. And what I admired most about my dad 
is that upon his passing, it was very tragic. He had a, he had a massive stroke and passed at a very young age. But at his passing, each of the five children believed that they were dad's favorite. Oh, and wow. that's pretty special. It, it was surprising. I, I, you know, it was a little bit alarming. Like, no, no, dad, I was dad's favorite. <laughs> but that being able to be that person for, for all five of his kids to admire yeah. and respect, he, he's my hero. And I try to live up to uh, his standard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we won't tell the others, but I think it was you. I'll disagree with you. <laughs> That's right. All right, Kyle, what about you? That's a tough one to follow there, Derek. I obviously have a lot of admiration for my father as well. But when I look at what's going on politically and economically across the globe, and I see the division mm. in the society that we have now, I often find myself wishing that both sides would go kind of go back and look at the writings and the speeches of Martin Luther King, because I think he had it right. Yeah. Uh, his approach to it from a nonviolent, um, empathetic manner was, was really something special. And both sides of the political spectrum could take a page or two out of his script and make the, better, make the world a lot better place. Yeah, it's, it's a shame how we forget our history sometimes like that, because I agree 100%. He was on point and... Just go back and listen. Just just really listen and take something from it. Um, I did a couple months ago. It's awesome. Yeah, I encourage yeah. everybody to go. Just get on YouTube, watch a video or two, and you'll just be blown away at his message. Yeah, absolutely. All right, if you both had all the money you ever needed, ever wanted in your lifetime, what would you do? Now, if that were to ever occur, I want to figure out how I could be a best service to my fellow man, whether that be locally or nationally or internationally, how could I be of service to others and create impact that would provide me tons of gratification? Well, let's just say first thing I do is I'd hire myself to do a lot of tax planning. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And then selfishly, I'd probably tour the world, but on a grander scale, you know, I probably set up some foundations and really try to help people that want to help themselves. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people out there that don't get the breaks in life that some of us do. And I think the people that are trying and, and making an effort to make their life and their family's life better use a resource like that. And that's where I'd spend my time. All right. Gentlemen, I'm going to ask you both together, and you can answer it individually, obviously. What is your idea of success? Success for me is... When the impact that we make on a client's life impacts them in a meaningful manner where they, where they, to coin the phrase of our firm, feel liberated. Additionally, that success, if we do that, that transcends to the organization we have here and all the people that work here and devote their time to helping those families. And by creating the success for the family, it ultimately ends up creating success for the people here and individual growth gives them an opportunity to raise their family and homes and do the activities they want to do. Mm -hmm. That circles back to my family, right? Absolutely. So Eric, here we have the North star, whether it be our employees who in a, in a financial services firm, the employees are our number one asset because without them, 
much gets lost. Mm-hmm. If, if you have turnover there, that's a real problem in managing uh, multi-generational wealth. So that's our number one asset. Our, number, our second asset is the clients we serve and then our own North Star. So our clients' North Star, our employees' North Star, and our personal North Star, and laying plans to help all of those stakeholders achieve their North Star is um, rewarding and satisfying. That, that's our definition of success. Nice, nice. What is one thing that you recommend most to client, family, or friends? And it could be anything, you know, the best pizza, a book, a philosophy. What do you got? <laughs> you know, I get introduced from time to time to folks that are wanting an internship or perhaps it's just an informational interview and they've just gotten out of college or they're just about to finish college or a master's program. And I commonly offer that following your passion is whatever is really your North Star that you really feel passionate about. Money will come. It'll follow you. Mm-hmm. To, you know, Following what's really important to you, uh, other things will take care of themselves. Yeah. I, I'm slightly ahead of that in terms of uh, I tell people to be honest with themselves. Because if you're truly honest with yourself, you'll be able to identify the passion that you should be going for and that you should mm-hmm. be doing. And a lot of times we find ourselves molded that we have to do something one way uh, or we're afraid to speak to the heart of the matter. And there's nothing that's going to be more rewarding in your life and give you more strength than just to be totally open and honest about what's going on in your life or in the situation and or uh, what the problem is. And Mm -hmm. the sooner you can do that, the happier you're going to be and the sooner you're going to be able to follow the dreams that you have. Yeah, I agree. All right. This is one of my favorite questions. Tell us one thing that most people don't know about you. Speaking of honesty, right? Right, Kyle? <laughs> Being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty transparent. I don't have a whole lot to hide. I don't thought about this one. I don't know if I have any big giant reveals here, but I guess in 2006, as part of my passion for fishing, I, I tracked down and fished for the world's largest largemouth bass, which ended up being 25 pounds. I fished for, for, 25, or for 10 hours straight. Wow. Only to come up shorthanded and somebody else snagged it the next day and kick myself for Ugh. a couple of months over that one. I don't like to go down that story. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. <laughs> Did anybody have any tissue in studio by any chance? Right. Just in case. <laughs> All right. What about you, Derek? I attended a two years mass two year master's program at the University of Santa Monica and I made it three months. And in spiritual psychology, absolutely loved the course, was unable to finish. I had small children at the time. It required spending two nights a month in Santa Monica, which was lovely, but something people don't know. Hmm. Interesting. All right. What is your mantra motto or something that you say to yourself to stay focused and on track? Because we all know, and I mean, your, your clients know it. We know it. Everybody in the audience knows it. Things pull at us and pull us in different directions. And sometimes we lose that focus. What's something that you guys say to yourselves to, to help you stay focused? When I get in, I ask myself, what's the most top three, what are the most important things for the day? And then I reference that back to basically what my 90 day goals are. And I try to keep it to just a handful of them. And then I just make sure that I approach and attack 
my 90-day goals on a daily basis and make sure I stay on the straight and narrow with what I'm trying to do. All right. I think to add to that, it's uh, finish what you start and keep your promises. Um, mm, yeah. It's good stuff. That's uh, definitely words to live by. Something to say on a daily basis, not, not just when you're uh, when you lose focus. That's something that you... It's a great thing to start your day with. All right, gentlemen, what would you say is your proudest achievement? For me, I, it's not any one single thing. It's more of, an, uh, of a character trait, and it's just my resourcefulness and diligence. I just, my wife reminds me of it all the time, and um, I don't think there's anything I can't do and I can't find the answers to. I obviously can't do everything, and I'll find the right people to do it if I need to, but... Mm-hmm. I generally find myself to be a pretty well-rounded person and and go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that because that's exactly what your, kind of your business model is, right? It's, I can find the solution for you or I will find the person that has the solution. And that's why you have such a robust team. I think that the first part of that being, you know, I will find the answer one way or another, whether it comes from me or it comes from somebody else, you know, you, you being the the main resource, that's fantastic. Derek, what about you? Being honest about what is my proudest achievement is seeing my children succeed, whether that be, you know, I, I remembered back, you know, I, I played many sports growing up, but seeing them su- succeed in sports is just far more gratifying mm-hmm. than when I played myself, but also seeing them achieve in the classroom and seeing them be kind humans, being great humans, like a lot of, a lot of pride in seeing them really mature and and making good choices for their life. That's really close to my heart. All right. All right, guys, here's the thing. This podcast is nationwide. This is the inaugural. This is just the start, but this is going to gain momentum. Who should be listening to this podcast? And really, what are they going to be hearing about? I think there's two groups of folks that should listen to our podcast. It's individual professional individuals who also provide guidance to the high net worth families. And it's also high net worth individuals and families who are serious about understanding their wealth, understanding taxation policies and solutions that may apply to that, their situations. So we're going to talk about philanthropy. We're going to talk about the ways that people implement their philanthropy. We're going to talk about tax opportunities or problems and ways people solve those. So I think the people that should be listening to this are people who are very interested in understanding what others do in similar circumstances. And we're going to share that in 25 minute sessions over the next coming months. All right, guys. Now we've heard a lot today. It's a lot to digest. And as we get into those topics that you're talking about, as people are learning more and more from you, they're going to need to reach out to ask you further questions. That's all there is to it because it, this is a complicated process. We, we know it is, but there's a reason for that because wealthy families have a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things that they need to consider. So how do they reach out to you? How do they get a hold of you to start this conversation? I'd say any way that they can, but obviously you can call, you can email and log into the webpage and shoot an inquiry in that way. You can connect through LinkedIn. There's any way that's the most convenient we have at our access and available for them to, to, to make contact with us. So our website is 
centurawealth.com and that's C-E-N-T-U-R-A wealth W-E-A-L-T-H dot com. All right. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for your time today. It was great getting to know you. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. You bet. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.